Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. There is a story for everyone here because every story matters. Welcome everyone to the Storybox. This is the place to be if you are a lover of stories, learning new and interesting things, and if you want to grow abundantly. My name is Jay Phantom, and I believe it's my purpose to help you realize your worth and become the greatest and best version of you possible. I am grateful that you're here today. Now let's journey into the Storybox together and hear more about whose story will be unboxed today. Did you guys know that the divorce rate for blended fam- families is 70%? But when you do it God's way, you have a 100% chance of success. Couples in blended or step families often feel misunderstood even in the church environment. They struggle with complicated child behavioral issues, battle pitch custody fights, and difficulty finding unity in co-parenting. Emotions such as guilt, shame, fear, or isolation threaten to overwhelm them. Now is a time for these families to feel heard, helped, and healed. And my two amazing guests today are Scott and Vanessa Martindale. Now, for those of you that don't know who they are, they are the founders of Blended Kingdom Families, a ministry that is committed to equipping and educating blended families with resources and practical skills through the truth of God's world word, sorry. These two are incredible human beings. I love these two to death. They are just wonderful, wonderful humans. And I I find myself learning a lot from the wisdom and the advice that they pass on to a lot of people. But Vanessa is a Christian wife, mother, registered nurse, current graduate, student at the King's University, pursuing a master's degree as a marriage and family therapist. Scott holds a bachelor's degree in psychology from Abilene Christian University, a master's degree in counseling and human development from Hardin Simmons University, and is currently a Christian uh, licensed professional counselor that specializes in blended families, marriage, and pre-marriage with over 13 plus years of experience. They've been married for over six years now. Scott and Vanessa are a blended family with four sons and three golden retrievers now with also a uh, German shepherd, which I love, and they live in South Lake, Texas. Uh, And this is an all-round conversation about if you are someone in a blended family, what can you do within that blended family to make that structure somewhat peaceful. And if you are struggling 
with at the moment a blended family, the dynamics of that. This is exactly the conversation you guys need to listen to. So if you do get something from this one, I have no doubt that you all will. Please share it around to all your friends and your family that everyone know about this one. I also want to let you guys know that I've teamed up with the awesome people, Zach and Joel Perna, the creators of Slouch Potato, incredibly comfortable loungewear. You can also use it as pajamas if you want, but I, I love the fact that it's just loungewear and you can pretty much wear it wherever you want. If you want 10% off, uh, you can use discount code Storybox. That is Storybox for 10% off. It's a great deal, great company, great people, and great clothes as well. So my friends, you know what time it is. It is time to journey with me into this story box as we listen to the incredible wisdom, the advice, and the stories of none other than Scott and Vanessa Martindale. Thank Thank you you so much. We are are honored to be here. We love being with you. Uh, It's great to be here today. Well, I'm honored to have you both here finally making it happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. So uh, my very first question for you both is how are you feeling about everything that has gone on with the book, uh, your ministry? How are things progressing for you both? Yeah, I, I think it's been an incredible, you know, incredible year. Uh, obviously, you know, when you release a book, it's uh, kind of like birthing a child that, that t- took two years to, to come to fruition. Uh, so that was uh, kind of a hurry up and wait scenario. So we were really excited to release Blended and Redeemed. And it's done incredible. And we're so um, humbled and encouraged by the stories that we've heard, people who have read it, groups that have been started all over the United States uh, for churches and their blended families. So it's been it's been great. Yeah. Yeah. And I would, I think I'm really excited about all of the, uh, the churches and the groups that, that are using the resource and the study guide and there's the pastoral guide. And mm-hmm. so it's just been so encouraging. We had two more groups start today. So, um, as of today, I think we have 12 groups that are active over the United States. Um, mm-hmm. and I'm just excited to see what God's going to do through that and mm-hmm. through the material. And we've already heard some glory stories, um, from some of the families that are doing the curriculum and in the groups. And it's just been, it's just been so amazing and um, God's just so good. It's just been so fun. You have a wonderful ministry, blessing a lot of people that in an area that maybe some Christians may not be too familiar with or too aware of. I myself am very familiar, very aware of it because I've got friends that have blended families, but Mm -hmm. I've always been curious about the notion of, okay, for those people that may not know, what is the whole gist of having a blended family to begin with. Yeah. So a blended family or another name for step family. So these are folks who have either experienced divorce and are remarried with children or somebody who maybe had uh, children, you know, out of wedlock and then became married. So either way, it's just the, maybe the, uh, I want to say the opposite, but it's, it's just a little bit different than what we would call the nuclear family, uh, the ones who had never gone through divorce or, you know, married and then had children. And they do experience different challenges and they experience different uh, uh, ways because they're they're blending their family together. They're merging their families together. And it does. It, it does create different challenges. And uh, as a ministry and as a blended family ourselves and as we even come from blended families, 
uh, we've gotten to see that firsthand and we just know that they need extra resources, extra tools. And, 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 um, and that's what helps them kind of overcome those obstacles. Yeah, that's good. Did you want to? Yeah. yeah, I'll chime in. Um, yeah, I, I would say it's merging two families together, whatever that, you know, makeup looks like. Um, for Scott and I, it looked like he was single, very good at being single for 36 years. And I had a son for my previous marriage. And um, so we came together. We were a blended family. He was an instant dad and stepdad at the mm-hmm. same time. Uh, but growing up, my blended family, my mom was married three times. My stepdad was married three times. And, um, you know, I don't know my biological father. And so um, now my mom and stepdad have been married for 30 years. And so, and I have a a sibling now, a stepsister from that. And so every Mm -hmm. blended family, there's so many different makeups of that. Um, You know, blended families are also formed out of law. So, um, you know, a widow and a widower that get married and they have children at Mm -hmm. different stages of life. Um, We know a lot of couples that get married later on in life and they have adult children and mm-hmm. you know are trying to blend that way and it can be you know very difficult um but yeah i would say it's two families come together and really the mission behind the ministry you know we found ourselves in a season um of just needing biblically based resources and we reached out four step families specifically and we reached out to the local church and there was nothing there were no classes there were no groups there was nothing available and um we were going through a really hard season in our blended family. And ultimately God performed a miracle in that season. And out of that came uh, what we believe is the miracle of blended kingdom families. And our heart is to help break the generational cycle of divorce by equipping marriages and uniting blended families with the truth of God's word. And um, our hope is that every step family blended family would have a church or a community group where they can go receive equipping and support, where they can have community, where they can um, be equipped with the word of God, but also practical skills to help them thrive in their blended family. There's a lot for me to unpack with your answer, Vanessa. <laughs> so I'll, I might come back to that in just a moment, but I'm curious with something that you said regarding Scott. And I wanted to ask Scott, you were single for 36 years of your life. And I'm, I'm curious why was that what's like a conscious choice? You're like, you just didn't want to date anyone. Why were you single for that long? It was professionally single. Uh, you know, I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know the answer to that, Jay. You know, God had just not brought, you know, well, now looking back, he just had not delivered Vanessa to me yet, uh, because that that is the only way that was going to happen. Uh, when I met Vanessa, I lived in California on the ocean with just my dog uh, and happened to meet her back in Texas where where we were both from. And we had all the same friends and we even lived in the same city, but just never had an opportunity to meet. So I think God was doing work in my life. And he was also preparing Vanessa and it was just the right time for us to meet. Um, I don't know any other reason other than that. It just, it just hadn't happened yet. Yeah. And when you found out that Vanessa already had a son, what was your initial Mm -hmm. reaction to that? I I don't know if I, you know, I think when you're 36 and you're dating that, that becomes something that you're exposed to. Um, And and every situation was unique. Uh, I, I don't think that, you know, that scared me. It was a lot of fun. And, you know, I think the coolest thing about being a parent is when you don't really know how to be a parent, you just know how to have fun with, uh, with kids. Uh, so that was a lot of fun right at first. And, um, so I embraced that. I thought it was a, a, a unique part of her, uh, that, uh, that I got to, 
experience. And, uh, and now, you know, almost 10 years later, we've been married, uh, you know, getting, getting, having now been in his life longer than he wasn't in my life. Um, I think that that's been such a beautiful relationship and I'm just thankful. We have three other boys too now. Uh, so we have four all together. Uh, and to me, you know, Michael, her, her, her first son, uh, is just like my normal son. Uh, it's, there's no difference to me. So there was no fear at all. Like I'm going to be a now, I'm going to be a dad now to a child. That's not really <laughs> biologically mine. <laughs> I, I don't know if there, I don't know if there wasn't fear. Uh, I, I want to say there's a healthy reverence and respect, uh, as a step parent that, you know, you, you haven't been there the whole time and there could be some bumps and some bruises along the way. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know if it was a fear that I wasn't equipped to handle. You know, my father was also a stepfather to my half sister. Uh, so I grew up in a blended family. So I got to see step parent reality growing up. So it wasn't something I was unfamiliar with. Um, but I'll, you know, I, I give credit to Vanessa. Vanessa was great about that process and letting, letting that happen. And uh, it's been great since. So I think, having a level of experience being being exposed to it somewhat mm. helps your actual reality unfold a little bit more right it does yeah and um and being prayerful and and also you know hopefully you know that's one of the great things about blending kingdom families is we provide a lot of resources for step parents yeah. i i always say i wish i knew what i needed to know uh, i would have made a lot less mistakes uh so i'm grateful that there's resources today and for you vanessa when you met Scott for the first time, were there any like any nerves or hesitation to tell him at first that you've got a son or did he or did he already know? No, I, you know, Michael, I was very proud of the fact that, you know, Michael was very much, you know, a lot of people, I, I would always hear a lot of single parents say, um, refer to like their children or that like baggage, like, oh, my baggage. And I'm like, he is not baggage. He is the most awesome, creative, um, you know, wildly talented little human that there is. And I was just so proud of that. Um, I was very proud of what he and I had overcome together. And um, he was very much talked about, I mean, from the beginning. And I think I, I'm kind of a no nonsense person. So I was like, hey, here's the deal. Like, if you don't like it, like we can just be friends. But, um, <laughs> but Scott was very open to that from the beginning. And um, I think probably with age too, and having gone through a divorce and I had been a single mom for about six years, I'd been extremely prayerful about, um, if I was ever going to get married again and what, and, and prayerful about a future spouse. And so a lot of that played into this situation. Um, and Michael was the first guy that, um, or I'm sorry, Scott was the first guy that Michael met. Um, because I didn't date a whole lot. I was very much, you know, like if I'm, if it's just going to be me and Michael, like I, that's just gonna be me and Michael. But once I started praying for a spouse, um, that's what I looked towards. It wasn't, I, I, I'm not, it wasn't a person that wanted to date here and there. I, you know, it was, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to be committed and, um, and, and look towards marriage. And ultimately mm -hmm. when I met Scott, that's, that's where that she, happened. Jay, she prayed for a tall, bald headed dude and God delivered it. Boom. <laughs> Was that true, Vanessa? <laughs> I mean, I don't know about bald, but you know, um, you know, yeah, no, it was, um, it was awesome. I, I remember meeting for the first time and, um, we went out on three dates in one weekend. He was in town visiting 
And uh, we went out on three dates and I knew at our lunch date, which was our first date, I remember thinking like, I could marry this guy. Like I, yeah. I, I, re- I just vividly remember that. I remember being in the car and I remember exactly where we were driving. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I love how, you know, God does that. Do you think that you're ever ready to be number one, a parent and number two married? Like, is there a, a preparation stage at all? Or is it just like you thrust into it and learn on the job? Yeah. Well, I would say this, I, I think God creates us to have, uh, that ability and that authority. And, and also he creates us and he created a blueprint to show us how the priorities in that, in that marriage should go. Having Christ at the, at the top of that, that pyramid and having your marriage being your second priority and having your children be that third priority. He gave us the blueprint. He, he, he prepared us for that. Now we have to be patient. We have to wait. And then we have to, you know, uh, take those steps that we need to take. But I think we were prepared. I think that, um, I think that we we did the work beforehand. Yeah, I don't know that you're ever really fully prepared. I remember with um, mm-hmm. our the, our three youngest sons. Mm-hmm. Every time we found out we were pregnant, it was a surprise. So they were not planned. Um, they were not accidents. They are miracles from God. They are amazing, but they were very much a surprise. And um, you know, and it's like after you know having your first child, and then your second, you're like okay, there's two and then there's a third and then there's a fourth and you're just, you know, I I don't know that you're ever prepared, but God qualifies us. He equips us. I mean, that's what we were created to do was, you know, Mm. to, to multiply. And, um, and I think the same thing with marriage, you know, Scott and I didn't exactly grow up in, um, the best households. There was a lot of dysfunction in both of our families. Um, so, you know, and having gone through a, a failed marriage that ended in divorce, um, I knew what didn't work, but I didn't, I, to be honest, I don't know that I knew specifically what would work. Um, and so we had to figure that out together. And ultimately it was just establishing Jesus as the foundation of our marriage, um, and our family. Um, and it took, it took some time, but, mm-hmm. um, man, I'm so thankful for God's grace because without him, I don't know, you know, we wouldn't be here today. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be 10 years in November. So that's exciting. Wow. So you, you both, so Vanessa, you had uh, a divorce. Scott, you come from a family that is blended. You've had experience mm-hmm. with, with step, uh, mm-hmm. all that. Were you worried at all, Vanessa, going into another marriage that it might end up like the first one or what sort of prepared you or made you feel comfortable enough to step into another marriage? Yeah, I, um, you know, I think it was just, um, I had, there was a lot of prayer that went into that process, but I think I I just had peace in it. Um, I think having gone through a divorce, I mean, that, that was very much a fear of mine. And I will tell you, uh, Jay, it was probably, what was it? It was after what about six months of being married. Mm -hmm. We had gotten into a really big argument and Scott was at his office and he was seeing his therapy clients. And, um, I was going to have this conversation and the whole way to his office, I'm preparing to hear like, I want a divorce. I mean, I was just playing this role in my head. And, um, I remember getting to Scott's office and sitting 
knee to knee, you know, across from one another. And he was like, tell me your thoughts like a therapist. Hey, what's on? Let's talk about this. And, um, and I just told him, I was like, okay, so how do you want to do this? Like, how do you want to get the divorce done? And he was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, what are you talking about? And he was like, Vanessa, I didn't get married to get a divorce. And he always uses this analogy. He says, you know, the ship may be going down, but we're both going down together, baby. Like no one's jumping ship. And so we really established at this point, he was like, you know, divorce is not an option, um, regardless of, of what it is that we go through. Now we understand everybody's circumstances are different. There's abuse, there's adultery yeah. and things like that. But, um, in our marriage and what, with what we were dealing with, he was like, I'm, I'm not going to leave you and I am not going to leave Michael and, and we are going to work through this. And ever since then, I just haven't had a fear, um, of that. And so that was just, I, you know, it was, it was a good conversation that we had. I wish we would have had it before marriage, but I'm glad that we had it at the early on, um, because that hasn't been a fear of mine, but it was, it, it was Jay. I, I, I thought that all the time because my mom was, you know, married three different times and it was this, I'm going to be just like my mom, you know, this is going to happen again and again. Yeah. Um, and just that whole generational curse, um, fear, so to speak. What is the whole point of marriage? What is the whole point of marriage? What is the whole point of marriage? The big well, question. I, I think we'll, I think we'll both have uniquely different answers. Uh, maybe we won't. I don't know. Uh, so, first of all, it is it is is the first thing God created here on earth, and it is the reflection of the love that He has for us. It is the uh, it is the I'm, I'm going to probably stumble here. That's the first time anybody's ever asked me that it's question. A good question. Jay. Yeah. I'm like thinking about mine right <laughs> now. Like, yeah, okay. Uh, but, I, but I'm thinking about it in the terms of anybody who's listening to this, who may be married, who may be struggling in their marriage. If somebody said, hey, what's the point of marriage? Why should I fight this hard to do this? I see marriage clients every day, and they probably all ask themselves the same question. Why should I fight for this? And yeah. I would respectfully tell them it is the way that we show God's love here on earth. It is the way that we show our commitment to uh, our spouse. It is the way we show commitment to the, uh, I'll call it the institution of marriage that God created. Um, and it's, and it's really good. You know, marriage has got its ups and downs and it's got its highs and lows. But when you look at a marriage that survived 50, 60 years, which we all hope to achieve, and, and, and by the grace of God and, and our bodies holding up, we'll get there. Um, but you get to that 50, 60 year mark and you go, this is the person who I have my stories with. This is the person that I can sit down and we can tell stories and smile and laugh together. And I guarantee you in uh, 40 more years, when we hit our 50 year mark, we're not going to sit and talk about the hard times that we had. We're going to sit and talk about the victories. We're going to talk about the fun stuff we did. We're going to talk about our kids. We're going to talk about our dogs that we've had. Um, that's the stuff that makes marriage worth it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I would say to that, um, just kind of echoing what you said at the beginning, Scott, you know, marriage was the very first institution or kingdom, so to speak, that God created before sin entered into the world. Mm. It is so close and precious to the heart of God and family is. And I think, you know, there's so many different reasons, you know, why, why marriage is important or why God created it. Um, I think that it's, it's ultimately is our marriage is to worship him. It's a, it's, it's, 
a beautiful thing that we can do to worship and glorify him. I think that um, marriage is what is going to lead us to to family revival here on earth. Um, the more God-centered, God-fearing marriages that we have, we can impact those younger marriages and the next generations mm. of marriages coming up. And when we can do that, we can change the family dynamic. We have so many families that are fatherless or, mm. you know, you have a lot of um, just parents that are not available. We see our highest clientele at our counseling center is teens. And this is what they struggle with. It's absent parents. And so I think when we can start with marriage, then we can reach the family, then we can change the world. And so um, I think it's just so, just so um, close to the heart of God um, because Whoever controls the family controls the future. Pastor Dr. Tony Evans says that. I love his book. Um, uh, oh, what's it called? It's Victory and Spiritual Warfare. One of my favorite books. But I love that he um, describes family and marriage in that way. The family is definitely under attack. We're seeing that more and more, especially in the U.S. and even here in Australia. It's We're seeing a lot of kids that don't have fathers because it just mm-hmm. seems like... Uh, boys just growing up and they don't want to take full responsibility because it is a massive, massive responsibility to not only be with someone else, but also to raise a child. And if Mm. you're not capable of raising a child, we're just seeing a lot of them just quit and and leave because that option is now available to them. There's no actual, all right, I'm going to stay with this and and work it out for a long period Mm. of time. Um, and it, it is really, really sad to to see the family under attack, especially Christian families. But I did want to ask you both. So the whole uh, whole topic of divorce um, has come up several times. You mentioned it. And I wanted to ask, so if God created marriage as the first institution that he created, does that mean he is against divorce, you think? Right. You, want me to say, you know, in the Bible, and we we deal with this question a lot, where people are like, "God hates divorce." And in the Bible, it says that He may not like divorce; He hates divorce, but He loves divorced people. Um, you know, and and I think where the church has gotten, I, I talk about the capital C, has gotten this wrong is that um, it's it's looked at as like the most the unfor, unforgivable sin. Yeah. Um, but it's not. And we're told that in first John one nine, that when we repent and we're, we're cleansed of all of our unrighteousness. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I, I, I think that I believe that, you know, God does not like divorce because it breaks the very thing that he created for us to be in covenant mm-hmm. with him. Um, and I think that that, that hurts his heart. Um, yeah. Anything? Yeah. I, I would just echo the fact that, you know, again, God wants us to to uh he, he would love for us not to sin but we're all you know we're all sinners and we all fall short um there are situations where divorce um is, is talked about biblically uh in, in you know instances of abuse or adultery or abandonment and we understand that um the one thing that i would say is you know blended families for a long time have filled have have felt that they don't belong in the presence of the church, that Christ is unable to love them. And, and again, you know, we talked about that in first John, uh, we know that, 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 that Jesus has the ability to forgive us. And so I think more people um, need to settle into that place where they can accept that forgiveness 
and move forward with um, their life in Christ. And that's okay. And there'd be a lot of judgment and ridicule and the person wouldn't mm-hmm. feel safe or comfortable being in an environment where people are judging them and unfairly judging them. Um, yeah, I completely understand what that's actually like um, from a personal experience. And it's not, uh, no, I haven't been through divorce or anything, but I, I'm, I do want to say that I understand what it is like to feel judged, ridiculed, and not feel comfortable being in a place where you're meant to be worshiping God as a yeah. family. It's like you you are the family of Christ and yet you're treating a brother or a sister within that body that has sinned in in a way that has repented of it. You're treating them like they're an outcast. And I don't feel like that is the right thing to do or fair or just. Well, well Jay, think of this. And, and I want to just create a picture for the listeners, anybody who's listening to this, because I've seen this personally firsthand. I've been in our church and Growing seen, up. no, no, in our church here. Oh. And I've seen simulcasts of our prison campuses, you know, where, where you have prisoners who have committed murder that are getting baptized. And I've seen the congregation come to their feet to celebrate that. Mm. I want to celebrate the family who experienced loss, but said, I'm going to do this again. And I'm going to do this with the vision of Jesus as my forward front. And let's stand together as a church and applaud that. If we can applaud the prison, we can definitely get behind families who are trying to lead, uh, if whether it's their second or their fourth marriage, in a Christ-like manner, we can get behind them too. Yeah, I think one of the things that we exp- we hear a lot from from blended families, Jay, that we meet with or counsel or coach, is that um, it's almost like there there's this um, uninviting. So if we all have a seat at the table of God, it's like, okay, you've done this, like, okay, you're not welcomed here anymore. But Jesus says the exact opposite. Um, he says, come like, we want the place, the church to be the place that the people are running to and not away from. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's been like that, um, in the past. And, you know, and what's so encouraging with the ministry is we're seeing more and more churches and pastors reach out and they're seeing it. They're like, oh my gosh, half of our congregation, even some churches, 80% in certain, um, uh, geographical areas in the United States, their churches are predominantly blended families. And they're like, oh my gosh, like, yes, we, we see the need, like, come, this is, this is where you need to be. And so it's been such an encouragement because I feel like, um, you know, just blended family ministry, like it's, um, it's, it's just growing more in the church and there's more awareness and where there's more awareness, we can bring more people in, uh, more people get to experience and meet Jesus. And at the end of the day, that's what all of this is about, right? Um, it's, it's about them having a relationship with him um, and building a family and a marriage on his, on the bedrock. Mm. It's like, you got to look at why a lot of people end up leaving the church or families leaving the church to begin with. It's, it's usually to do with religious hurt. And yeah. mm-hmm. religion, uh, Christ stamped out religion in, in the Bible many, many times from the Pharisees and Sadducees and all those people that would judge and ridicule. And you just look mm-hmm. at what Christ did. He yeah. lovingly forgave. And I, I love the story of um, the woman caught in adultery, like yeah. literally caught in adultery and brought at the feet of Jesus. And like you see all the, the religious people condemning her and saying she must be stoned she must be put to death 
And I love the the whole picture of Christ drawing in the sand. It's like he wasn't really paying too much attention to what everyone was saying, except for the fact that there was this woman here whom he he is about to die for, who he loves, and he's saying he is without sin, cast the first stone, and no one could do it because he just literally hit them right where they needed to be hit. <laughs> it's yeah. like you can't yeah. say anything back to that. And I wanted to go to Scott's point that he brought up how churches – you know, they're more than happy to go to prisons and outreach to prisoners that are, quote, sinners and they've done the wrong thing. But it's because it's like they, they apparently don't know any better. But then when you're a Christian in the church, you're supposed to know better. But they don't realize that you are still a sinner saved by grace. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean you're excused from you're ever going to sin again. It doesn't mean that. It means that you, you do stuff up, you do make mistakes, but the point is restoration, forgiveness, like Christ yeah. did with that woman. You, you can't judge because you've probably done something yourself. It's just not, it's not the right way to look at it, in my opinion. We should change Absolutely. it. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely agree. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, there's probably more I could say on the, the whole prison and the church thing, but I, I, I I may get on the soapbox here, Jay, and you may have stopped me like 30 minutes from now. So <laughs> it's all good, my friends. I just wanted yeah. to to share my thoughts on 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 the yeah. two points that you both raised. But I wanted to ask you, like, is or should be when you do get married, should be, should divorce be even on the cards? Yeah. So as a let me speak from a couple different perspectives. From a therapist who does marriage counseling. Um, mar- uh, divorce should not be as part of your marriage lingo. And if you, if you, if you go through that process and you feel like it's, um, if it constantly is brought up or constantly threatened or something like that, you're going to find that you're accessible to it a lot easier. The, the truth of it is, and, and anybody who's listening, who's struggling in their marriage, marriage is hard and it takes work and you need to learn how to be married. We've been married for 10 years and I still have a lot to learn. Vanessa is probably smarter than I am, but I have a lot to learn about being married. Um, And I need to continually be in process of learning so that I can make it the next 10 years. And then after that, I need to learn more uh, to make it the next 10. So this, this notion that just by a ceremony, and a fancy dress and some good food and some cake qualify you to be married uh, legally. Uh, legally, that is right. But to make it to the end, you better be learning. You know, we we uh, we partner with a great marriage ministry called Exo Marriage, and just this coming up Friday, we'll be at you know really one of the largest marriage conferences in the United States. It's phenomenal. But we have four thousand people that'll be in attendance who are focused on learning about marriage so that they can do it. So I don't know if I answered your question or encouraged somebody who's listening, <laughs> but I'm just saying, get out there and learn uh, because it's, it's good. Yeah. You know, I, we just, from the beginning, and like I shared with that story about Scott and I having that one conversation say, Jay, I think when you take divorce off of the table and it doesn't become an option, it doesn't mean that you're not going to think about it. I mean, there's, there's been times, Mm. you know, in the last few years, we've had some rough patches and he's like, what are you thinking? I'm like, I don't know how we're going to get through this. And he's like, well, I ain't getting rid of you. So we got to work through it. Mm. Um, you know, so, 
you know, I think for us, we don't make it a part of our vocabulary. That's what happened in my first marriage. It became um, a conversation at three months after we got married of every time we got in an argument, oh, well, we shouldn't have gotten married. We should just get a divorce. And and that will, it becomes a reality when you start speaking things. Um, you know, this is why we always talk about speaking affirmations and making declarations with our our sons, um, those things will become a, ra- a reality. And what you speak, um, you know, it can turn into an action. And so you have to be very, very careful with that because the enemy will take that and then and he'll run with it. Um, you know, there are instances where there is abuse going on, um, adultery, abandonment, you know, addiction, things like that. And we always, always press, go see a biblical counselor, a pastoral counselor. If you are in those types of situations, obviously you need to be safe. Your children need to be safe. Um, so there are instances where, um, you know, those, if those things are going on, you need to seek, you know, either, um, uh, professional help, legal help, whatever, um, to help you in those situations. But, um, for us, we just say, take it off the table. Um, there's not, you Luke 137 says for nothing is impossible. With God, nothing is impossible with him. So, um, you know, if you just, if you hold on to that, um, I promise you, man, God will walk you through some good seasons in marriage and there's going to be some tough ones. So for better or for worse. When you are going through a rough patch, let's say together, and one person is sort of like, well, I'm not getting rid of you, but the other person is a bit hesitant about that. Like, how do we navigate that kind of conversation? Because it takes two to tango, right? And one person doesn't really want to tango along with you. How do you Mm -hmm. convince the other person that, all right, I'm not going to, we're not going to get divorced. We're going to work through this together. How do we navigate that kind of conversation? Yeah, I think, um, I think of the three P's, prayer, patience, and persistence. So Uh obviously being prayer, like I, I, you Mm know, um, I don't know that I would have to convince Scott because the Holy Spirit will do that. And so it's just partnering with the Holy Spirit and praying over Scott and praying over our marriage. Um, But being patient in that process, we are huge proponents of biblical counseling. Scott's a therapist and I'm, um, I'm an intern right now. And so, you know, seeking out counseling, just being patient in that process. And God's going to present you with opportunities to be patient, but being persistent, be persistent in the pursuit of your spouse. And, you know, there's going to be days when you're like, man, I don't like them. Um, but just as the father pursues his children, um, when we do that with our spouse, um, I think it's just going to open up opportunity for, uh, the Holy spirit to come in and do some amazing work that he's intended to do. Yeah. I I would only add, you know, the, the dedication to not getting divorced does not substitute the need to continue to work on your marriage. Uh, you know, you, you made that comment, like one spouse is like, we're not getting divorced. And the other spouse is like, I don't want to keep it the same way. Well, if you're not saying we're not getting divorced and we are going to work toward a better marriage and we're going to do steps A, B, and C, that's the, it's not enough just to declare it. You got to be, you have to put in the work. Marriage is not cruise control and it doesn't work if you just set it and forget it. Uh, It's not a uh, autopilot. It's not a crock pot either. It's crock pot. No, it's crock pot. It, it cooks over time. It's not a hot pocket. It's not, it's not a hot pocket. It's not a hot pocket. Okay, we'll, we'll get it. We'll get it. You <laughs> got to put in the work. And so it's not enough just to say, we're not going to get divorced. It's we're never going to get divorced. And we're always going to continue to work on our marriage to make it better. Um, so I hope that in, at least encourages somebody. 
no no doubt i mean that is a very encouraging line of thought uh and this is more of a a personal kind of question uh more about my level of curiosity because scott you are a therapist and vanessa you are studying to be one you will be one soon have you ever worried about the whole adage of oh stop therapizing me when you're going through a challenge Oh yeah. I tell them all, I'm like, quit. So- I, I always say quit psychologicalizing. I totally made up that <laughs> word, but quit psychologicalizing me. I know what you're doing right now. Um, but it's funny when you learn all the terms, I'm like, Ooh, you're projecting. Ooh, you're deflecting right now. Um, it's, I, I will tell you this uh, from a husband perspective, it is not good to generalize your wife in the category of this percentage of women do this. Uh, <laughs> like if, if you're like, I have read that this 80% of women uh, do this. Uh, trust me, your wife is not in that percentage at that particular moment. That's funny. Um, so yeah, you know, being therapist is is interesting. Um, I think we get exposed to things and 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 we have some really interesting conversations uh, because we both get to share in confidentiality. Um, so we get to have conversations uh, about you know maybe things we're reading about or. Uh, and then it also brings us together of saying, man, we, we really need to be on our guard against something like that. Uh, but then also because we work in marriage ministry, we get to experience and, and meet people from all over the world and, and get to hear their stories. Um, so we have to be careful that we mm-hmm. uh, make sure that we focus on our marriage. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, I think it's also good that we get to do this together and we get to learn together. Absolutely. Yeah. It makes me realize, Jay, that um, when I think we're in a really bad season and, you know, you meet with a client, I mean, and there's, and you're just like, wow, like we, God, thank you. Like we really are so much better off than we think we are and um, just thankful for his grace. And so it really puts it in perspective. Um, um, you know, and, and, and we love that we get to do that. We love the entrustment that God gives us with with these marriages to be able to do that. But it definitely opens up your eyes to your own marriage of, wow, like we, we really are doing really good despite, you know, the circumstances that are going on. And so that's always encouraging. Yeah. The, the last thing I would say on that, Jay, is this. In, in our book, Blended and Redeemed, we, we talk about priorities of marriage. And, and these are really the priorities that Vanessa and I set, you know, uh, as, a, as a tone for our marriage. They come with very specific rules of our marriage. And in the book, we go into detail about those. But, you know, uniquely, we get exposed to a lot of different situations. And then collectively, we kind of came back and said, this is the type of marriage that we want. And these are the ground rules for that. Uh, And we follow those uh, that kind of keeps us on the rails, uh, so to speak, so that we don't get sideways. So, again, I'll go back to it. You're never you're not taught from birth how to be married. You got to learn how to do this. Uh, so get out there and get resourced. Are there any important boundaries you need to implement with having stepkids and a blended family at all? Uh, I think that, you know, the boundaries that we talk about a lot in the book, you know, again, when you have an ex-spouse, um, I think there's boundaries that that need to be present. And and that's a balancing act that has to be kind of tight tightrope walked yeah. at times. Uh, as the kids are younger, middle-aged, older, but those boundaries are, are, are there to protect your, your, your marriage. Um, sometimes from the baggage or that came from like the ex spouse, uh, or maybe the toxicity that's existing in an ex spouse. Uh, I don't know if it's as much with stepchildren. 
because we we really promote a very inclusive atmosphere with our biological and you know my step son uh, that to me they're one and the same. Uh, I don't view them differently. Um, I don't know if you'd add anything else. Yeah, I would just say you know presenting a united front, especially with the children, um, and just setting the boundaries up front that hey, our marriage comes first, and um, and that they understand that our little boys ask all the time if they can go on date night. We're like, no, this is just for us. Um, but yeah, yeah, you know, you just set those boundaries and um, and really just those values for your family. And we always, you know. We, we really harp on establishing those things during pre-marriage um, before yeah. you, you know, are blending um, because begin, beginning to blend can be amazing, but it can also be really difficult. And if you haven't worked through, hey, how are we going to discipline your kids and my kids together? Or, hey, like, how are we going to do this co-parenting thing? Are we all going to be on one text group together? Or are you going to do the main communication? And so you do, you have to put boundaries um, and talk about expectations, Um you know, as well. And so I think that's very important going into it. I've been watching the show, This Is Us, and absolutely loving it, honestly. It is such a brilliantly told show, and there is a blended level of families in there and watching the parents navigate that whole structure. I mean, there's also a race level to that as well, which is also an interesting dynamic. And it's just interesting how the parents navigated all of it and the how the kids have grown up now. So you're going from the past to the present, the present to the past, and you're just watching it all unfold. I just thought it was um, a brilliant show. People should go and watch it. I'm, I don't recommend shows very often, but I'm, I'm recommending that. <laughs> yeah. It's a good one. We used to watch it. Yeah. It, it's brilliant on, on many levels. Um, but, yeah. And just for something that's entertaining too. I mean, it's hard to find mm-hmm. something these days that's entertaining. But um, I have a few final questions for you both because I know it's getting yeah. late at the moment. I feel like I could talk to you guys for ages. <laughs> but I wanted to ask yeah. you both this question uh, that I love asking all my guests, really. What do you love the most about yourself and your story? We'll start with who wants to go first. <laughs> What do I love most about myself and most about our story? Jay, you keep asking all these really unique questions that that uh, we, 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 we didn't we, we're not used to those. So that's good. Um, what do I love most about myself? I, I think that I, I, I love that I get to uh, experience the world that that uh, that we've created. I, I love that uh, I get to be a dad and a husband. Um, that is very fun for me. Um, probably more fun than any success I've ever had outside of that. Um, there's something extremely, um, fulfilling about that, that, but you do have to, you do have to take time to enjoy it. I I will say that to people. If you don't feel that way, uh, I, I, I'd encourage you to take time to enjoy that. Uh, so I love that about my life. Um, what I love, what was the second part of that? What I love most about us? No, your story. Uh, your My story. story. Your personal uh, story. I think that your personal, not ours, yours. I would say that the way God scripted, and, and I have a very uh, unique story, um, and we've talked about this a lot, as becoming a stepdad, uh, I got to see something in my childhood. I got to see trauma uh, at, a, at a very you know uh, desperate level. When I was growing up, 
I got to see so many things that prepared me for the, 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 uh, the path that God was going to put me on, uh, that I did not know. I did not know the purpose behind, um, why he did those things and, and, and created those environments for me. Um, but I'm very blessed and honored to be doing this, uh, with my partner in crime, uh, my, my partner in ministry, uh, and my partner wife in marriage. partner in marriage. Uh, so I, I just think that's a, a super sweet moment. Um, and I'm excited that, that God picked me to do that. Yeah. And I would say, Jay, uh, what I love about myself is, uh, I love that I'm a seer. Uh, so I'm a dreamer, a vision person. And I think understanding that that's just how God speaks to me through different things. Um, I love that about myself. I love that that's just a sweet gift that he's given to me and that I get to commune with him in that way. And so, um, I dream every night. Sometimes I dream three dreams a night and I love being able to sit with him and the Holy spirit and just, just the mystery of it. It is just fascinating to me. And I love that he is so mysterious in that way. Um, and that he just reveals himself to me in that way. It's very special. Um, what I love about my story, um, man, I, I don't know why I'm starting to get emotional. Um, I think I look at, you know, when you look at different people, like from the Bible, like David or um, like Naomi or Esther, and just seeing where God used the most unlikely people to do like the big, just big, amazing things. And I look at how I grew up um, without a father, you know, in a, in a broken home, so to speak, is what people would call. And, um, and just where we're at today. And I just love God's redemption. I love that he does not waste anything, not one tear, not Mm. one divorce, not one, um, missed moment with a parent. You know, I love that he, um, just redeems and restores everything. And so I, I love that, um, I love that he took my story from what it was to what it is today. And it just, um, it truly, you know, Ephesians 3, 2021. Um, yeah. So. Love both of those answers. Um, thank you for. I love her dimples. Those are cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you two are awesome. Where can people find you both, connect with you and get a copy of your new book? Yeah. So you can find us at blendedkingdomfamilies.com. The book's on Amazon. It's on our website. Um, and then we're on every podcast platform, just like UJ and, um, and every social media channel. I'll make sure it's all linked in the show notes below for people. My final question for you both. This is my all-time favorite question. I love asking all my guests at the very end. It's a hypothetical one, but I want you both to imagine with me that you've been able to reach the age of 100. All your friends and your family have decided to put together a film for you of everything you've ever said and everything you've ever done. Don't ask me how in the world they got it all. We'll call it magic for the sake of argument. They've been able to get it and show it to you on your 100th birthday. What do you want that film to say and to show about your life? Who wants to be the lucky one to go first? Uh, I'll go because I know she wants to think about it for a yeah. minute. <laughs> My eyes are burning right now yeah. too from crying. Um, I, I would, I would, I think my hope is, is that, you know, and again, I think that from being a dad, I, I hope that 
I hope that I teach my sons about marriage. I hope that that film shows my sons and their sons or daughters uh, learning how to do marriage God's way. Uh, I hope that they've learned a few tricks of the trade uh, along the way. And I, I, I hope, um, uh, I hope that I'm able, I, I would love if there was a film because I always, I always negate the fact that I'm probably not a, I'm not a journaler. So I, I, I don't have a lot to, I need to be passing down some stuff. So maybe I'll do all these podcasts. No, I, I have hundreds of podcasts of me talking. So maybe they'll get all that in that video. Um, but I hope, I hope that's one part of it. I hope that they, they see that I love their mother intensely and that I hope that we're watching that together. Mm-hmm. I'll be a little older. Yeah. I, you'd be a hundred. I'd be like 107. 107. Yeah. Uh, so I hope that they see that that was a focus of mine that, that, uh, um, and, and that, you know, I love Jesus and that they should too. Um, so that's, I could probably, again, I could talk about that for half an hour, but that's what I hope. Uh, that that video shows. Yeah, I would, I have a couple of things. I think I would, it would be that, um, that I was just, um, that my greatest joy was just passionately pursuing Jesus and that people just saw him in me and Mm -hmm. everything that I did, everything that I touched. Um, I I would hope that it would say that I, Mm -hmm. I held people's hearts well. Um, that's one thing that the Lord revealed to me. It was like, you're a heart holder. You get to hold people's hearts while he does the surgery. Um, so I love kind of that we get to be an assistant to him in that way. Um, yeah. And that, yeah, it's, you know, to back up what Scott said, that that there would just be a legacy of just passionate kiddos and just a passionate about pursuing the heart of God and just in intimacy with him. I mean, that is my man, you know, it's like, it's, it's what you're fighting for. And so, um, yeah, that's what I think I would want that to look like. Mm-hmm. It's a great way to sort of wrap up our conversation today. Scott and Vanessa, thank you so much for your time, your wisdom, your advice, your stories, and for joining me today on the Storybox podcast. Thank you so much, Jay. We are so honored and we honor you. So thank you. One of our, one of our all-time favorite podcasts. I will guarantee that. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 